the major label system is very powerful for the right artist, not every artist. So first off, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. And before we jump into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about myself and what you can expect. I have been in the business now for coming up on 30 years. What we're going to talk about in this podcast are things that go on in my day-to-day life, whether it be as a manager, whether it be as a consultant, whether it be as someone who is creating products that's helping musicians all over the world. If there's something going on in the industry, we're going to talk about it. If there's a strategy that needs to be taught, we're going going to talk about it. And if there's some way that I can help get you closer to your goal, then you are in the right place because that's what we are going to talk about here on the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now let's jump into the episode. Helping you navigate the music industry. Here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So in this episode of the podcast, I am super excited to be able to have a conversation with someone that started on Twitter, and we were kind of going back and forth, and it was all done in fun, but he brought up some real great points that I think a lot of artists, uh, they feel that this is the way that it is, and it's just not true. So I wanted to address them instead of just continuing to go back and forth on social media. We went old school. I asked him for his phone number, and I gave him a call, and this is that conversation. Enjoy. All right, so your name is Joshua. Yeah. And you're from Toronto. Yeah. And you're bitter as hell about the music industry. No, I wouldn't say bitter. I would just <laughs> I would I wouldn't say bitter is like a as a word a strong word. I'd just say like I understand things. Like I understand. But do you really players. understand? Because a lot of what you're saying sounds good on paper, but there aren't the facts to back it up. What, what I was saying is that major labels use their money to influence the market. Okay, so do you work for a major label? No. Are you signed to a major label? No. Do you hang out with people that are at major labels? I, I know people who do work, who have done work for major okay. labels, and I know people who do radio and stuff like that. Sure. And they tell me, like, straight what, up. Like, what, do they t- what do they tell you? Because here's the thing, and this is where I was coming in on your conversation yesterday, is that yeah. if it were that easy and they controlled and influenced everything, why do more artists get dropped every year than have success? In terms of dropping artists, um, I'm not, I'm, I can't speak for that. But I can't. I, I can. I'll speak I, to it. Yeah. And the reason that I speak to it is because the major label system is very powerful for the right artist, not every artist. So yeah. that's why every person that Puff Daddy has tried to help, he hasn't been able to do so. Why? He's one of the most powerful men in the world. He's got major label. He's got all the money you could ever want. If it were just about influence and money, why can't he make every single person that he wants a success? No, you're very, yeah, that's very true. I mean, that's how I look at it. I'm like, okay, if every person, because you said you're validated if you get on the radio or you win awards, 
And I'm like, but what about those people that get nominated in the best new artist category in the Grammys that we don't ever hear from again? What about yeah. all those people? What about all those people just last year that had top 40 singles at radio that are nowhere to be found right now? Yeah. That's the part that I don't want you to get confused on because as it may seem super glamorous, it doesn't mean anything. Chance the rapper, Chance went out and busted his butt. Chance didn't sit around and wait for a label. Chance, Chance kind of said, look, I'll even go one up on you guys. I'll give my shit away and still get nominated for Grammys. And he did. He didn't have any major push behind him. He had a commitment to his craft. And the problem that we run into is that we forget is that we cannot let what, what a small group of people, like you say, and this is what I agree with you on. You can't let what a small group of people say validate whether what you did was right or wrong. Yeah. Or what you did was enough. So the only people that get to vote for the Grammys are people that have either recorded a record, been listed as an executive producer, people that actually don't buy music, people that usually get their tickets to the concerts for free, and they're the ones who are validating whether you're good or not? Screw that. I would rather go find out who the fans. That's why I like the fan-voted award shows. Yeah. You know, the AMAs were on last night. So what I don't want you to think is that just because you don't have access to a major label or just because you don't know anyone that you can't be successful at industry standards. The industry has done nothing wrong, by the way. Nothing. The music business is a great business to be in. The industry, I think, in certain areas is getting their asses kicked because they're a little too too slow to change. It's like, let's see how many of those awards pay your bills. They don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How many of those awards, you know? And and for the record companies, unfortunately, unless they also own the publishing, that radio airplay isn't paying their bills either. And that's what they're starting to realize. That's why we fought it as a long time as an industry. And I say we as an industry because I, I'm proud to be in the industry. It's in a different top part of the industry. Yes, I work with labels. And yes, I manage both independent and, and major artists. But my biggest thrill comes from helping people like you. You know what I mean? To sit there and say, okay, roll your sleeves up. Don't wait for anyone's permission. Go out and kick butt. And if it ain't working, it's on you. The only person I have to blame if my business is failing is me. It's not yeah. the government. Government didn't show up into my office to come to work today. It ain't Donald <laughs> Trump. It ain't the major record labels. The only person I can ever blame for anything that goes on in my life is me. That's it. Yeah. You know, if all of a sudden fans aren't digging your stuff, then you got to take a look on the inside and go, okay, maybe I need to get better at my vocals. Maybe I need to sing songs that they relate to. Maybe that's what I mean when I tell artists, you know, a lot of people confuse things. They say, well, Sometimes, Rick, it sounds like you're telling people that they can't be creative anymore, you know, that they have to give the fans what they want. The answer is yes mm -hmm. to both things. You you have to be creative. You want to be able to express yourself, but you want to make sure that you find an audience of people that are relating with how you're expressing it. If you yeah. don't have that, then you got to check on it because there's there, no one is entitled, you know, to just because they decide they want to be a singer to have an audience, be on the radio, win awards, tour the world, play stadiums. That doesn't happen for everybody. But you can't justify 
somebody said the other day, you can't base your success on other people's accomplishments. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. Yeah. Because you don't know what they went through to get there. You don't know the struggles that they had. Nobody ever woke up on easy street. Why do you think half the people that win the lottery end up broke in the first three or four years? Because they never educated (laughs) themselves on what to do with the money. So it may have bought short-term happiness, but where are they at right now? Yeah. And that's where a lot of these artists are. They had that short-term happiness. You know, they were out there and, you know, everybody was singing on their tracks. And all of a sudden, you don't hear from them anymore. You know, all of a sudden, it's like they were a flavor. You know, I say this respectfully. Iggy was a flavor. Iggy's not the flavor anymore. Cardi is. That's true. Nikki was the flavor. Nikki's not the flavor right now. Nikki may come back. Pitbull, shit. Pitbull was on everything. Yeah. Where's he been lately? Yeah. He was a flavor, you know? And I love all those people that I mentioned. And when I'm in the mood for that type of seasoning, I will open up their flavor on Spotify, (laughs) you know? And that's where the industry has gone to is that right now we do not have to be force-fed anything. Before Spotify, we did. We only got to hear what came out of the speakers of our our local radio stations, unless we were, uh, uh, you know, fortunate enough to be able to spend $20 on the damn CD, which they were (laughs) jacking us for. Now, we get to go wherever we want, whenever we want, listen to whatever we want. When you turn on your Spotify, do you go, Siri, only play me signed artist who've had Grammys and are on the radio. (laughs) Have you ever said that to Siri? No. Do you think anyone's ever said that to Siri? (laughs) No. No. They call out, Siri, play No Match. Siri, play Rick Barker's podcast. That you call (laughs) out by name what it is that you want. So now that's why I get frustrated and I want to grab you guys sometimes when you sit there and you say, well, the industry is dictating this. The industry isn't dictating shit. The consumer is dictating everything right now. And it was because the industry thought that they were going to dictate everything is why do you think Spotify and streaming so popular? People got tired of being force fed. Yeah. That's what they got tired of. And guess what? When people get tired, they go out and find technology to solve their problem. And that's where if you look at it every time, it's like, okay, we don't have record players in our car. Great. We'll create CDs. We can only carry so many CDs and have a CD player. Great. We'll create MP3 downloads. Hey, we only have so much room on a phone. Great. We'll create streaming. Hey, we're tired of commercials on the radio station. Great. We'll create satellite radio and you pay a little bit. And you don't have to listen to commercials. Every time the, something's pissed us off, technology's come to fix it. That's what we got right <laughs> now. So where you need to focus on right now are a couple areas. Do you mind if I give you some advice based on what I've seen, knowing that this is coming from a place of love and my truthfulness should never be mistaken for negativity? Are we cool with that? Oh, I always love your advice, Rick. (laughs) Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to work on your vocals. I want you to get stronger on your vocals. I went and was able to find some of your stuff on Instagram. And if you want to be able to compete, that's your weapon. I also want you to to spend time journaling. 
I want you to write everything that you see. If it makes you laugh, write it down. If it makes you cry, write it down. If it makes you think, write it down. If you're looking at the news and you see the devastation that just went on because a hurricane wiped through a whole community, what are people thinking about right now? What they see. Your best time to be relevant is if you can write in the moment. And if you're constantly being an observer and constantly bettering your craft, it doesn't even have to be full songs, dude. It could be a verse and a chorus or a thought. That's where you get online and start having conversations and bring people into your world before you have the music is by getting involved in all the conversations that are going on out there. And once you get to know those people, you go write music for them, but expressed in the way you want to express it. That's what I mean by right for them. What are they thinking about? What's on their mind? What makes them laugh? What makes them cry? Why are they hurting? You know, if you go through a relationship, one of the things that's really interesting, if you think about the best songs that are out there, the verses are usually very personal to the person writing the song, but the hooks and the choruses are universal. I was listening to Thomas Rhett's song about, you know, going to college, marrying a sweetheart, having a baby, naming his two babies. But when he got to that hook, man, everything was about me. I could put myself into that. So that's what you want to do. You want to be the voice of a, of a generation. You want to be the voice of a community. You want to be the voice of a tribe. The only way for you to be able to do that is by understanding what they're talking about. Thank you for quoting me on the front of your website, but I would have much rather seen a music player. <laughs> don't make it so hard for people when you get their attention. Don't make it so hard for us to find your music. We'll go find somebody else. So make it super easy on them, all right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, while you got me, any questions you got for me? I'm usually expensive to talk to. You're getting this one on me (laughs) because you're letting me. What you guys don't understand is when I talked, reached out to Joshua and messaged him on Twitter, I said, do you mind if we have a conversation? I want to be able to teach from it. He so graciously did that. So I would love to be able to offer anything to you right now. What's on your mind? Any questions you had, I can answer. Do you want to call bullshit on anything I said? I'm open for you to do that as well. I mean, uh, I think there's places that we'll, we would never, we'd, I mean, we'd just disagree on. But, like, I still feel like, I mean, if you're planning as an upcoming artist to, like, let's say, take over, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult coming from no money as opposed to, like, an artist that have, bigger budgets behind them like but that's th- something that that's true yeah. but you got to remember they didn't always nobody woke up and said you're singing great you're signed to a record label they had to prove themselves to be worthy for other people to invest in them you can do that with no money it doesn't cost anything to record it doesn't cost anything to take your phone and start the file like i said the the record companies now will not start the spark they will not start the fire but they'll douse it They'll put it on. It's like a record deal is the wrong deal for a person who's not ready. And most of the beginning artists, you're true. The beginning artist isn't ready. That's like saying, oh, my God, my my son is the best quarterback in high school. I want him to play in the NFL next year because that's the highest level. He'd get freaking killed. There's still a lot of work and a lot of growth and a lot of development. That's the same thing for an artist. But we seem to skip that. Well, I had some friends say I was good, but I need the backing of a major label. You have nothing to offer the major label right now. So that's why it's not hard to get a record deal. It's hard to keep it. 
So you want to do everything. So as you're right, for a beginning artist, it is hard to get moving without the funding of a record label. But not everybody deserves to be at a record label. Just because somebody's pretty and can sing, don't make them special. Unless you can make that label money, and you can only make them money if you've got an audience. And now you've got all the tools to build your audience. Problem is, people are lazy. They think there's a, well, if I only had the label. Well, I can tell you right now from firsthand experience, that ain't true. That ain't true at all. I'm watching artists' songs stop working after 90 days because the right barometers weren't in place. They didn't see enough streaming. They didn't see enough of a lot of different things. They ended up pulling it. So having access to a major lay money, there's no shortage of money. But what you have to do is you got to be worth investing in. And right now, most of you aren't. You're not a good investment. So your goal is to make yourself a good investment. Yeah. That's true. I mean, so that's what I'd be working on. What's your other one that we're going to disagree on? But I don't think we do. I think we just see it differently. <laughs> I think that was just the main thing. That was the main thing. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you right now. Record major label calls up, says, Joshua, you're in. What do you bring to the table today? I'm not ready. Correct. Good. I'm glad you said that because you're not. So that's where I would spend my energy and focus is on getting ready because the difference, think about this. You watch, if you didn't watch the awards last night, a lot of those people went in awards. You did. Okay. You know, there were a lot better singers out there than a lot of those people that won awards last night. Yeah. A lot better. A lot better. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone that won an award last night has a connection to their audience like no other. That's what Mm -hmm. I love about, the fan voted award shows. You know, it's like there was a time when it's like there was this thing called block voting. So certain labels, if you have bigger employees, you got more votes. So the independent labels could never win on those award shows. So that was the argument back then before there were like, like indie artists. Now it was independent labels. Well, the smaller labels just can't compete, you know, or these bigger labels that had a bunch of the little labels underneath them. So you're sitting there going, Okay, well, Interscope's not going to be able to win because they don't have this or so-and-so's not going to. So it was the same, you know, I say this respectfully because one of the, like the Whitney's and the Mariah's and all them that were signed to the big part of the label, not the small part. So you were sitting there going, wow, man, they keep winning the same thing every year. There was a time because it was called block voting when all that stuff happened. Right now with these fan voted awards, but the best fan voted award right now is the bank. Are the fans spending money? That's who, that's who wins because the bank doesn't care where it came from. Are the fans helping you? And the only way the fans help you now is if they invest in you. They can get your music for free, but when they drop on a concert ticket or they drop on a t-shirt, it's because they invested in you. And that's the difference between superstars and good artists. It's usually work ethic. And they understand who their audience is. They're not just out there trying to create the flavor of the week. They're out there creating for their fans. Lover or hater, Taylor Swift delivers to her fans. She could give a crap what anybody else thinks. And she gets (laughs) blasted for it. But on the fan voted award, she wins. And on the other things, when she sells, you know, to go out 10 years and only 10 years and be able to sell out stadiums, not arenas, 
you know, the arenas, stadiums. Yeah. Look at the football fields. You know, now she's taking that tour over the world. She'd only been around for 10 years that you guys knew of her. But for four years, she was working on her craft every day of writing songs. Everybody else just knew about her 10 years ago. It's been longer than that. <laughs> you know, 12. Now it's about 16 years that she's been doing this. She started at 12 and she just kept moving and moving. And until she got the songs right, once she got the songs right, she waited her turn. When she got her turn, she took full advantage of it. So that's what I want you to do. Just keep honing your craft, honing your craft. And you are going to see other people with less talent get things that you don't get. But I can guarantee you a lot of times it's because they outworked you. Or if they were handed something, let's see if they keep it. Just because you get handed something doesn't mean you're necessarily going to keep it. And stop judging yourself based on somebody else's accomplishments. You're better than that. And you deserve more. That's very true. All right. Yeah. And next time I'm in Canada, I better see you. Oh, yeah. You're going to see me at Canadian Music Week for sure. All right. I'll Hopefully, they'll invite me back. I think they will. <laughs> I got a pretty good relationship going on with them. But, man, I appreciate you letting me take the time to have this conversation. I think a lot of people will learn a lot of things from it. And uh, I'm always open to a conversation. So hit me up. Thank you so All much. All right, buddy. Rick, take man. care, pal. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. I always love conversations. And if you would like to get into a conversation and we have a very uh, educational discussion, I am all about it. Hit me up on the website, rickbarker.com. While you're there, you can also take the artist assessment if you'd like to get an idea of where you are currently in the business. I've got an assessment for you to uh, check out. Also a free copy of the book if you haven't downloaded that yet. But uh, I'm, I'm just super pumped and excited that you're here. If you think someone can benefit from this podcast, please be sure to share. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. 